All right. Well, guess what we're doing today that we have never attempted before? You're going to appreciate this. Uh, we've been testing it. Hopefully it will work. But I just want to look at the camera and I just want to say to Windsor, we are live with you on this Sunday morning right now. So at Fort Collins, we're applauding, okay? So that we, uh, we are very excited about that. And uh, it's just a new day. And, and so we, we just really welcome Windsor. And so this whole live teaching thing is going to be exciting. And uh, thanks for being excited for us as we do that. I, I'm continuing the Abraham series. And we're looking at Genesis 15, which is, it's almost like, it, it, I don't know if you've had this experience, but like, it's almost like walking into someone's bedroom and start, you start opening the drawers in their dresser. And like, you come to that personal drawer and go, whoa, don't need to be in there. That's kind of how I feel about this chapter. It's like Abram and God in this intimate conversation and Abram's not real happy with God and God's trying to reassure Abram and, and there's a lot of conflict and issues and Abram's really being honest, which God loves, but God's trying to affirm him and, and it's, it's challenging. God basically ends up saying to Abram, look, I'm going to handle this. I, I've called the message, this one's on me. H- how many of you have used that phrase before? What, what does it mean? It, it kind of has this connotation of, I'll take care of this. You know, like, like the check at a restaurant. Um, someone, someone this morning here at, the, at Fort Collins campus put a bunch of money down in the cafe and said, just pay for everybody's stuff as they come through until the money runs out. I thought that was really nice. So that's why you should come at 7 o'clock on Easter. Um, <laughs> you know... God basically is saying, I got this. And, and, and God has done that. He's been faithful. His promises are real. And the first thing in your outline that I want you to write down is, is simply this. God makes a proclamation. In Genesis 15, this proclamation is going to pop out, and it's powerful what God says to Abram. I'm going to read it. Verse 1. Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision. And he said to him, what a, what a great statement, Do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. Now, I don't know about you, but how many of you would like for God to just speak up and say that to you? That is a powerful thing that God says. The promises of God are very real. We're blessed to have this book filled with promises. Abram did not have this book. Abram did not have the Ten Commandments. As a matter of fact, even the Levitical law was like 400 years later. Abram is figuring this out. He is is kind of going a day at a time trying to figure out who this God is and trusting Him. And God is trying to work with Abram. And He says, I'm going to take care of you, Abram. But Abram is not that thrilled about this promise. As a matter of fact, he pushes back on what God has said. And this whole conversation starts to really amaze me that Abram is this bold to God. And that's the second thing in your outline is Abram is honest with God. If there's one thing you need to know about today's message, it is honesty is always the best way forward with God. You don't need to try to act happy if you're not. God loves it when you come to Him either in mourning and sorrow or anger and frustration or peace and joy. But being honest, look at what it says. 
God gives this promise, and in verse 2 it says, But Abram replied. And look at the next three words. These matter. O sovereign Lord. Now he's about to jump in, but he first declares, I trust your sovereignty. That's big. Because he's not just whining at God. He's saying, God, I know you do all things well, but I still need to say this to you. O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? He wants kids. Since you've given me no children, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. You have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Then the Lord said to him, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abram believed the Lord. Powerful statement. And the Lord counted him as righteous because of his what? His faith. And that's how Abram makes it into the Hall of Fame chapter, Hebrews 11. And, and that's, this is that moment when he says, I'm going to trust you, God, with my life. You know, one of the things that is required to walk with God is faith. And there's no way, there's no way around that. In Hebrews chapter 11, it says, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about the things we cannot see. So faith isn't the slam dunk, I know what's going to happen. It's not knowing what's going to happen, but trusting God anyway. That's what faith really is. Let me tell you a couple things faith is not. And this is important for our theology. Faith is not just saying, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. Now self-talk matters, okay? And I'm an I think I can person, and I would encourage that. But that's not biblical faith. Faith is not just pushing out doubt. Faith is trusting when you doubt. Faith is not denying reality. You know, if you break your arm, it's not faith to say, I don't have a broken arm. I don't have a broken arm. I don't have a broken arm. (laughs) That's called denial. Faith is saying, I have a broken arm, God, but I trust you to help it heal. I trust you in my circumstance. It's not denying my circumstance. It's acknowledging it, but saying, I trust you. Recklessly putting your faith into the hands of God and trusting Him regardless. Number three, God makes a promise. Now, what's happening in 15, Genesis 15, is it's going back and forth. God, Abram, God, Abram. So then the Lord told Abram, verse 7, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land as your possession. But, <laughs> here we go again, Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, there it is again, I, I trust you, you're God. How can I be sure that I will actually possess it? Now, God probably was tempted to say, because I said so. <laughs> right? That's the phrase that we use. You know, we all need a little reassurance every now and then. Don't you think? I think that's normal. It, it always reminds me of the story of the wife who came to her husband, looked him in the eye, and said, Honey, 
do you really, really love me? And he, he looks back at her and he says, Honey, I told you I loved you when we got married. If anything changes, I'll let you know. <laughs> How many of you know that is not okay? That is not okay. Gentlemen, that is not okay. We need a reassurance in our lives, both with God and with our earthly relationships. And it's important. You know, some of you who are married, you need to express that love to your spouse and say those words. Some of you who are single, you need to know God has a plan for your life. Be reassured today. Be affirmed that your identity is in Him. And He has a plan. And you're okay in His hand. If you have kids, tell them that you love them. I am, I'll just be blunt here. I'm really tired in my pastoral ministry of sitting in my office with people who say to me, my dad never once told me he loved me. I am sick of that. Dads, tell your kids that you love them. Amen? How many of you agree with that? Let's say I love you. Not that difficult. And let's be a culture around Timberline and Old Town and Windsor. Let's be a culture, you guys, where, where we affirm each other. We reassure each other. We're called the family of God. The Bible calls us brothers and sisters in the Lord, the heirs of God. Let's affirm. Let's find someone doing something right and, and tell them about it. And let's be that kind of a culture. And I believe we are, and I'm thankful for it. Number four, Abram prepares the sacrifice. Now, the story gets weird for us here. Because we're not used to animal sacrifices. And there are a lot of reasons for this. And I'm going to break this down to help us understand it a little bit. But Abram prepares the sacrifice that the Lord asks him to prepare. In verse 9 it simply says, The Lord told him, Bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. So Abram presented all these to him and killed them. Then he cut each animal down the middle and laid the halves side by side. He did not, however, cut the birds in half. Now, for us in our culture, we go, what is this about? Why would this be required? First of all, we know later on, many years later, there would be animal sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins, for the cleansing of man. This would lay the foundation for Jesus who when he walked on the earth, John the Baptist, when he saw him, said, Behold the Lamb of God. Meaning, this is the final sacrifice that we will ever have to make using an animal for the, for the forgiveness of sin. Because this man will be the sacrifice for all of mankind. So, that's that. That's that. But that's not what's going on here. What's going on here is... Here's some quick thoughts. Theologians, there's tons of research you can do on this, but here's three or four takeaways. First of all, Abram was used to seeing treaties and covenants between kings that involved animal sacrifice among the Babylonians where he lived. This was normal. When kings would come together, they would bring their best and they would sacrifice them on an altar, meaning we have sacrificed in order to be together in covenant. So God is using a system Abram knows to identify with him. That's a loving God who will use what is in your heart and in your mind to build a bridge to wherever you are. Another thing that's interesting about this is 
it says three years old. Bring a heifer that's three, a goat that's three. Why three years old? Because in this culture, an animal that was three years old had reached the perfect age. It wasn't young anymore and it wasn't old. It had the potential of perfection. So this speaks of bringing your best to the table in order to have a treaty with someone else. Cutting them in half means it symbolizes both parties. And there is a treaty and we are equals. And we're going to work together among kings. So God is basically saying, I'm going to have a covenant with you, Abram, that cannot be separated. We will be one. And I'm going to take care of you. In other words, I got this. This one's on me. So Abram does these things. I don't know, I don't know about you, but as a kid, I did a really strange thing with two guys, Ricky and, and Johnny. They were my best friends, like seven, eight years old. And we actually, one day in our fort, brought a needle with us. And we poked the end of our fingers so that it would bleed. And we put our fingers together and became blood brothers. How many of you have done that? Look at, look at that. A lot of you. Why in the... Can I just say, don't ever, ever, ever do that again. You know how dangerous that is in this culture? Mingling your what? I don't even know how we heard of it. Probably some weird church service we went to or something. I don't know. But, but I did that. That's a similar thing as to what is happening here. God is saying we're going to be together. We are connected. Number five, there will always be vultures. Now, this is, this is fascinating to me what happens in this story. Because here we are in the middle of this great sacrifice, this great covenant, this amazing moment. And, and verse 11 says this. Some vultures swooped down to eat the carcasses. Okay, how many of you know the vultures did not realize this was a sacrifice that had meaning? <laughs> but Abram chased them away. And so I want you to see a couple things about this. First of all, Abram's obeyed God. I have some help, helping tools here for a moment. And so we're going to build a little altar here. Brought my blocks with me. Um, I want you to understand this was not easy. We, we, we think of how long did it take Abram to probably build this altar and go gather these animals? It, it wasn't something that was easy. And I want you to appreciate that about Abram. So he comes to this altar and he takes the time to, to build it. I mean, I don't know how he built it. This is not an exact replica. Okay. Then he, he it, could, it was hours, maybe days to gather the right animals, to look them over. And so this is a process that's happening um, that, that really does, does matter. And so he's got this altar, and then he, he lays these, these, these animals. They're cut in half. He lays them on the altar, and he's about to present them to God, and, and it's this sacred moment, <laughs> and all these vultures start gathering. Now, this is, this, is, this is an amazing story, and I really don't want you to miss this, because this is what happens to us. What we lay on the altar, the vultures try to take off the altar. Our culture, our circumstances, our greed, our pride, we bring it to God and we say, God, here it is. This is my sacrifice to you. This is what I'm giving to you. Take all of me. And the the culture comes along. The enemy comes along. No. Yes. 
I'm do- no, yes, no, and I'm fighting these. Vo- I'm fighting this culture. The Bible talks about our our warfare against principalities and powers in the earth, enemies we do not see. There are forces that want to destroy you in our world. This this culture we live in is constantly trying to take off of the altar the things that you are trying to offer to God. And it's very difficult to leave them there without fighting a battle, without being determined to say, God, I'm laying this addiction on the altar. I'm putting this habit in front of you. I'm going to crucify self. I'm no longer going to be greedy or prideful. I'm not going to let that win in my life. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And you lay it down and, and the vultures of this world come and they try to take it off and they pluck it away. There are predators that don't want you to have victory in your life. There are predators that want to destroy the covenant relationship that you have made with God. There are predators in our culture that say, I don't want you to have peace with God. I don't want you to have enjoyment or pleasure with God. I don't want everything to be right between you and God. I want you to live in guilt. I want you to live in shame. I want you to live in the chains that keep you from having victory on this earth. But that is not what God wants. God wants you to live free. God wants you to lay that stuff on the altar and say, it's up to you now. It's up to you now. And that's what Abram is trying to do. Fight for your commitments. Fight for your marriage. Fight for your purity of heart and mind. Fight for those things in this culture we live in. There's always going to be someone who wants to take it away. Number six, God reveals the rest of the story. God's going to make another statement, and it's a big statement, and it's very powerful what God says. Verse 12, as the sun was going down, Abram fell into a deep sleep, and a terrifying darkness came down over him. Then the Lord said to Abram, you can be sure... This is, this is crazy. Just think about, think about the honesty of God here. You can be sure that your descendants will be strangers in a foreign land. Is that good or bad? That's bad. You don't want to hear that. Okay? Gets worse. Where they will be oppressed as slaves for 400 years. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute, God. Why are you bringing this news to me? But I will punish the nation that enslaves them. That's good. And at the end, they will come out with great wealth. Well, that's good. (laughs) He throws this in for free. Verse 15. As for you, you will die in peace and be buried at a ripe old age. (laughs) Isn't that funny? Yeah, you're going to live a while, then you'll drop off somewhere. You see, here's the deal. If I'm Abram, I don't want to hear that stuff. What, what, what I want to hear is that God's going to have all this worked out by Friday. I don't want to hear about 400 years of slavery. Now, the good news is Abram didn't do something that caused the slavery. That comes later on in the story where the hardness of man and the hardness of their heart puts them in captivity. But still, the awareness that Abram has of this has got to be a burden to bear. But God is honest with him. And sometimes God does not work in our timetable. Have you figured that out about God? And it is frustrating. And it is difficult. But I will trust God anyway. Because I am united in covenant with God. 
and I trust him. And that's walking in faith. Quickly, what are some lessons learned? I'm going to just give you these really fast. What are some lessons learned? Number one, be honest with God. No matter what's happening in your life today, no matter what's happening in your world, if you're frustrated, tell God. If you're happy, tell God. If you don't understand, take it to God. Just be honest and real. God loves honesty. Number two, God can be trusted. Regardless of what situation you are in, you can trust God. You say, well, he's not doing it the way I want. Well, that's because he's God. I know sometimes we think we are, but we really aren't. Dr. Foth, we love him. Dick Foth says so often, faith works best in the dark. And some of you are in that darkness. Trust God. Take another step. Number three, this is hard. Be faithful when God is silent. Be faithful when God is silent. You might be in a season right now where God's not revealing His plan to you. (laughs) I've been there. Sometimes do you ever just wish God would be a little more chatty? Let's just talk. Let's have some coffee. Let's, let's share our thoughts, God. Sometimes it appears that God is quiet. And fourthly, remember that God has a plan. Now here's the deal. You won't always know the plan. But God has a plan. I was thinking about that, and it reminded me of something that happened in our marriage a few years back, it was either, it was like our 20 or 25th anniversary. I don't recall exactly which one, but I told Bonnie, look, I'm taking care of this anniversary. I want to plan it, and it's going to be a surprise to you. She said, a surprise. And I said, yeah, it's a trip. I'll tell you what the attire will be, and you pack according to that, but you're not going to know. And she's like, well, I need to know. No, you don't. And so, and so I took her to, I told her, it's beach, beach attire. And so I took her to the airport. And we stayed at one of those hotels where you can keep your car there. You know what I'm saying? Because we had an early flight. And I bought a magazine. It was like Island or Caribbean or one of those magazines. And I said, I said, honey, somewhere in this magazine is an ad for the resort we're staying at. And I'm going to give you ten guesses to find it somewhere in this magazine or we're not going. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm not that stupid, okay? So... So, but she found it. She found it like, I think it was number eight. But it was so exciting for me because I knew where we were going. I knew what it would be like. I knew she would love it. And I'm not great at keeping surprises because I like want to tell them, like, guess where we're going? Guess what's going to happen? Oh, I'm not going to tell you. You know, it's like all these feelings and emotion. But I knew. But she had no idea. Sometimes... We need to trust that God has a plan and He's made reservations and you're going to get there. You can trust Him. He's made arrangements for you. You've got a seat on the plane and you've got a place to stay. You just don't know it yet. But this one's on God. Let's pray. Lord, wow. It's so fun to serve you. It's challenging sometimes because we don't always know the plans that you have made for us, but we trust you. We trust you. We need you. Thank you, Father. I'm going to ask for you to respond to a couple things here. Some of you need to know God cares. You're in that darkness, and 
and all the all the things maybe your life has been blessed in many ways but there's you feel like Abram but God this isn't this isn't what I'm asking for if if you're living in that kind of frustrated season we've all been there man I, I could have raised my hand I'm not right now but there's been multiple times in my walk with God when I've been frustrated in my relationship with him and I needed people to pray for me and I, I want you to if that's you, if that des- describes you in some way and you want to express that to God, I'm there. Just lift up a hand and put it right back down to God. Just You can put them right back down. It's just for you to acknowledge. This is where I'm at. I want to pray over you. And I want to say this. God has a plan you do not know. You're walking in the dark and you need to walk in faith. Express to Him your anger, your frustration. Be honest with Him. But no, He does have a plan and you're going somewhere. The second group I want to pray for are those of you that you're fighting off the vultures right now. You have tried to have covenant with God, but maybe a, a hang-up, a habit, an addiction, or something in your life that just, just go, man, I'm having a hard time with this. And I keep bringing it to God, but I just, I need to bring it again. And, and listen, you're going to have to fight those vultures off for the rest of your life. We all probably have one or two, maybe even three kind of vices, things that, that attract we're attracted to that really don't honor God, really don't please God, and that flesh cries out for that. And and it's fighting off that, that vulture and saying, no, you cannot have what I've put on the altar. If you need prayer over that, don't be embarrassed about it. We all have these. If you just specifically today say, count me in on this prayer, just hold up a hand to God and put it right back down. Lord, you see our hands, you see our hearts, you know us well. And I thank you for the journey that we're on together. I thank you for my brothers and sisters. We're called the family of God. I thank you for an environment like this that we call our living room where we can talk about real stuff. And I just ask you right now to be the God who reveals in honesty your covenant relationship with us. Let those who are maybe in despair, they're in darkness, they don't know where you are, let them be assured today as they walk out of here. They may not know, but you know. And you have a plan that they cannot see. And you're bigger than their logic. You're bigger than their logic. I haven't said that all weekend, but right now I feel really prompted that that is a big statement for somebody in this room. God is bigger than your logic. Whatever that means to you, hold on to that. That's, that's, I believe that's a gift that's come for, through the Holy Spirit to you. Trust Him. We trust you, Lord. We fight off the vultures. We want to be holy. We want to be pure. And we lay this on the altar today. And we ask you like you did with those sacrifices with Abram, that the fire came from heaven and captured up the sacrifice. And covenant was birthed. Let that be the reality that we know, that our hearts are laid into yours. And we are your heir. We are sons and daughters of God. Comfort us with those words. Even in our weakness and in our disappointments, you are still God and you love us dearly. This one's on you, Lord. Thank you for loving us. Lastly, for those of you that are separated from God and you know it, can I just pray with you? It's tough to be separated from God. I've been there. Stuff in your life, there's an emptiness that's so real about that. 
And if it's your first time in this room and you've never felt this before, it's awful. But listen, God brought you here for a reason. And we're a church that loves you already. And God loves you more than we can. But just know, you're loved. And the Holy Spirit's letting you be aware that you're separated from God. Pray this with me. Lord, I'm separated from you. And I feel that. And I need you in my life. And I want you. And I want to start my journey with you today, right now. So cleanse my heart. Forgive me the things that that I know I, I, I can't do anymore. And I want to come clean before you. And I want to walk with you. And I trust that you paid the price for me. Because I can't pay it. And I'm going to lean on you. And I'm going to acknowledge that this one is on you. And I'm going to accept forgiveness because of your grace. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. I love you guys. Proud of you. It's fun to walk together in all this. We're learning. I hope you're growing. Ushers come. and.